Hello, I'm your host, David Sampson, and this is the Sampson Saturday Talk Show. Today, we're going to feature a special guest, Elise McAteer, and we're just going to talk about polo cross and a little bit about how that looks like and what that exactly is. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm good. How about you? Good. I haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah. It's Keeping been a busy? Um. Pretty much. So do you think the uh, audio Wi-Fi quality is going to be good? Yeah. All right. Then uh, let's start then. Let's not jack this on for too long. So why don't you introduce to my extremely small audience who you are? Okay. Well, my name's Elise McTeer, and... I play polo cross, which is um, not a very big sport, but it's building. I'm 15, and I've been playing for seven years now, I think. So I guess I'll just jump right in into my first question. How exactly do you play polo cross? Like, what is that sport? So polo cross is often... Well, people often get it mixed up with polo, but it's a completely different sport. So a polo cross is played with a racket that's kind of like a lacrosse stick. And there's three players on each section or on each team. And they each get one horse, unlike polo, where people have lots of horses. It's just one horse. And there's three different type of positions. So there's the number one, and they're in charge of scoring the goals. There's the number two, which play in the midfield and are mostly used for blocking other players and passing to, and they try and get the ball to their number one player. And then there's the number three, who is the defender. So they go into the end zone with the number one and try and stop them. Because in pull cross, there's no goalie between the goalposts. It's the number three who can go along with the one and shadow them to make them miss a goal or push them out of bounds and the field has two end zones and a midfield so the number two position can just stay in the midfield they're not allowed in either end zone and then the number one position can go only into the end zone that they're scoring in and the midfield and the number threes can go into the end zone that they're defending against and the midfield Oh, so unlike many other sports, players are often restricted to their sectors or spot on the field, I should say. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Is there a lot of improv between what people do or is it kind of really restrictive? Oh, it's out of all the sports I've played, it's probably the one where like that most where all these different events happen that you have to be prepared for. Like, it's not where set things happen each time. Like, for example, volleyball, where you know that the outside player is going to spike the ball. It's completely different. Like, there's so many different options for you to do. The field is so big. There's so many different strategies out there all across the world. There's, like, thousands of different strategies. So you always have to be prepared. How big is the field? I think it's two times larger than a football field. Oh, that is, that's long. Yeah. (laughs) So during games, is it 
Do you get tired easily or is it more on the horse? How does that look like? Well, actually for each horse, there's a set amounts of, amount of minutes a horse can play over one weekend. So usually a horse can't play more than one division, maybe two if it's a very low grade just because they'll go over the limit of minutes they can play and then they'll get too tired and it's not fair to the horse if you play it more than the set amount of minutes I think it's um let me figure out here it's it's I think it's around like 58 minutes that they can't play more than each weekend because mm. a, a game is split into three chukas or three rounds I guess where they're each yeah. six minutes yeah and usually for as a player perspective you usually don't for me at least I don't get that tired unless it's like really hot outside but we try not to play in the heat just because it's hard on the horses and the people yeah definitely and I think I missed that how long is each period uh six minutes long or it depends if a game is being like I've played in Montana and because the weather was so hot outside, they decide to do two eight minute chukas instead of three six minute chukas. Yeah. But majority majority of the time it's six minutes for each so chukan. Would it be a very fast paced uh sport? Well, you see there's lots of different divisions and each of these different divisions usually go different speeds like the top grade, the A grade, they are going so fast. Like if you watch the World Cup games, it's crazy how fast they're going. But then in, let's say you're playing an E grade or D grade, usually it's only walk and trot. There's all these different levels and different speeds for different people who want to go different speeds. So if each Cheka, is that what you called it? Yeah. So if each Cheka is only six minutes long and there's three of them, do games usually last 18 minutes or are there a lot of like stopping and rules to the well, game? Sometimes the uh, umpire, like the referee, has to stop the time because someone's having an issue, like, I don't know, an equipment failure. So like a wrap falls off their horse and then they have to stop the time to get that horse on or sometimes someone will get hurt. And then the time will stop. I think they have eight minutes. To, no, if a horse gets hurt, a player has eight minutes to go get a new horse to ride. So usually, like, usually games aren't exactly 18 minutes because sometimes they have to stop the times for different reasons. Or, like, oh, yeah. if the umpire, if their horse is acting up, because the umpires ride on horses as well, if their horse is acting up, they'll stop time between goals so that the umpire can have a fair throw for the players. And I also remember that you mentioned that if there's, like, any blood on the clothes or equipment, you stop the game? Yeah, so everyone, most of our equipment is supposed to be white. Like, we wear white pants and white helmets, and our horses wear white wraps, like, around their legs to protect their legs. It helps us see blood easier, and if anyone sees blood on their equipment, then they go to the umpire and the umpire will stop the game and we'll look all the horses and all the people over just to make sure our horse isn't injured. And how exactly does polo cross compare to like other variations of the sport like polo? Um, wait, pardon? Would you like me to repeat? 
Yes, please. How how does like polo cross compare to like other variations such as polo? Um, well, polo cross is often called poor man's polo, which means like because you only have one horse, it's not as expensive, so it's easier for people who maybe don't have the money to buy eight horses that you have to have polo. Um, I think both sports have their their positives and their their negatives, I guess. But it's it's very interesting because not very many people know about polo cross, so it's often seen as like a variation of polo. But it yeah. just depends on what you like because actually like way bigger than the pole cross field so that's why they have to have more horses but i see that both of them could be really fun what are they used to pass in polo again they have um mallets so like they're kind of elongated uh croquet mallet looking things and they oh the it's coming back and the to ball the yeah the ball usually just stays on the ground instead of pool cross where it's thrown in the air and caught what about polo cross? Is like the ball getting past a lot or is it getting fumbled on the ground a lot? How does that look like? So um when a so at the beginning of the game the ball is everyone lines up. So the ones line up beside each other, then behind them are the twos, and behind the twos are the threes. And then the umpire throws the ball down the middle. And then everyone tries and catches the ball. Sometimes you can, you'll hit other people's rackets, just depending on what you want to do. And then if the ball go, isn't caught by another player and goes up back, then everyone turns out and runs for the ball. You pick up the ball. And there is a lot of passing in the game because the, only the one can score the goal, right? So if any other player gets it, they have to pass it to their one. And people like to evade other players by passing it back and forth and stuff like that. Yeah. And also, but, oh, sorry. It's okay. Um, You can also hit the ball out of other people's rackets. So oftentimes that's when a lot of fumbling comes along. Yeah. I watched some videos before um, we, I started this and it looked really interesting to me. Yeah. So is there like a specific breed of horse that you use for the game or... Um, How does that work? Polo cross, polo cross is a really nice um, equine sport because it allows lots of different breeds of horses to play. But obviously, like giant, like draft horses, like Clydesdales, could be a little dangerous. So I'm pretty sure horses. Well, you don't want a horse that big too because they're not as fast as the other ones, and they're not as we call it caddy, which means that they're good at turning away from other players. Yeah. But the main horse breed in Canada that it's used is probably the thoroughbred. But in countries where it's bigger, the specialty breed for pole cross is called an Australian stock horse, which is very similar to the thoroughbred, but it has different attributes that are very specific to pole cross. So in the end, do you get to choose your own breed? Well, it depends on who's buying the horse. Oh, yeah. For me, like, since my mom bought the horse, I, I already wanted a thoroughbred, though, because I like how long their legs are and how fast they can go. Mm-hmm. 
what about in polo like how many horses do people have in that sport is it like eight horses you said yeah I think it's something like that I'm not exactly sure because I haven't really looked into it but yeah I know that it's a lot more than pull cross like if you watch them when they trailer to events I've seen they have like 10 horses in one trailer which is a lot oh my it's very and how did you get into playing this sport um so I was part of a group called pony club which is a jumping club so we jump one time like once a week And then one time they brought clinicians in. Clinicians are people who show you something and introduce you to something. And we saw pole cross. And this was, I was very little. I was probably seven or eight, probably seven years old when I first saw it. And as a little kid, I was just going along with whatever my family did. So my family decided to do pole cross. And I wasn't really super into it until I was probably 12. And then I realized I really wanted to get into it. So then I was introduced by the clinicians and now I play lots of places and I'm really happy that happened. Oh yeah. And what do leagues look like? Like, do you play with um, your skill level, your age? Do you have clubs, teams? So, How does that work? Um, so there's different clubs and usually a few times a year this is in Canada at least. it's very different in other countries where it's larger but we have single game days called jackpots where sometimes you might even play with people who aren't even in your club but then we have tournaments and those are weekend events this takes up the whole weekend and you play with the team from your club and you play in whichever division you're um, you've worked for so or your skill level is qualified for. So there's D grade, C grade, B grade, and A grade in Canada. I believe in uh, United States, there's E grade as well. Mm-hmm. And then in Australia, there's there's like a lot more different grades for people. It's crazy how many they have. Yeah. What's the hardest challenge that you've encountered while playing polo cross? Um, it would definitely be dealing with my horse because polo cross is a lot different than other sports because not only do you have to focus on your own skill set, you also have to focus on your horse. And it takes a lot of work to train a horse. And if you're trying to juggle um, working on your racket skills and your strategy skills and train your horse, it's it's really hard, but it's been a long journey overcoming that obstacle I've had to go through countless stress- stressful situations with my horse, and we've come a long way, but there was definitely some down parts and some high parts. So do you usually like practice more by yourself or with your horse? It's um, when I like first started playing, I would just I would ride my horse, but then I would also practice on foot with my racket. But now that my racket skills are good enough, I just practice on my horse now. And how how is like the horse prepared for like different games in practices? Because obviously, like training the horse in this game is going to be different than other disciplines like English or Western. Yeah. So 
um, a lot of it is teaching them how to turn on the haunches, which it's kind of like in basketball, how you pivot on one foot. The horse, it, the horse puts all its weight in its back feet and picks up its front feet and turns. And that's a really fast way to get away from uh, opponents and get to the ball. That's one of the biggest parts, but you also have to work on endurance so your horse can keep its energy throughout the whole weekend and doesn't run out of gas by the end. And just training your horse to be used to the racket at the very beginning, because a lot of horses really are afraid of the ball coming through the air, but eventually, after lots of repetitive work, they'll come along and they don't seem to be scared of it, like scared of the ball at all after you've worked on it for a long time. Yeah. And you also talked about like pivoting. So like how dangerous would you like call the sport? Because obviously it has like tons of precautions, but have you had any like close calls yourself? Um, the only close calls I've had one time the field was really slippery and I stopped my horse too fast and I fell off. It, it wasn't that bad though, because my horse just got up right away. I, I think I was more just kind of like, whoa, that happened. And then another time, um, I was riding with another player and I put my leg in front of theirs to push because you have to have your leg in front of theirs to push them out of the zone. And then they sped up and then I fell off. But I think now that I have a better seat and position and I'm ready for it, I don't think that's going to happen again. Well, I hope it, not. Honestly, things like that don't really if you're prepared for it, it's not going to happen. And there's lots of rules around stuff like that. As long as you're playing safe and you watch what everyone else is doing and make sure you're not getting in people's way, you're going to be fine. And it isn't a dangerous sport because there's so many rules around safety and stuff that nothing's going to happen. Yeah. How often do you usually practice? Um, my club practices three times a week, and I, I ride outside of that probably two more times a week. So for me, it's about five times a week. And do you do a lot of competitions? Uh, yeah, I do. I go to every tournament that's in Canada. So that's in Alberta and Saskatoon. There's one in Saskatoon. But I also uh, I do international tournaments as well. Wait, so you said you go to every tournament in Canada. So is polo cross just not as popular in, like, British Columbia or, like, the East Coast? It's actually only, right now, it's only in Alberta and Saskatchewan. But if you go to, like, Australia, lots of people know about it. And it's huge there. Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know about that. I There might have been some a club or two out in Ontario. Because there's a certain type of saddle that's used for pole cross called an Australian stock saddle. And we were looking for some, and there is a lot for sale in Ontario. So maybe there was a club out there at one point, and then they just fell apart. Maybe. Well, it makes sense that they have most of the clubs here, like Alberta and Saskatoon, considering where we are in the part of the world and how we have horses here. Yeah, and we're very close to America, especially southern, like, Calgary area, where most of the pole cross happens. So we have easy access to tournaments 
in America, like Montana or Colorado, which helps. Oh, that's good to hear. And would you consider like polo cross like costly or timely or maybe even both? I actually, if for someone who already owns a horse, it's not that costly. You don't even like, you don't even technically need um, an Australian stock saddle. You can use the saddle you're using and Usually once people start to really get interested in it, then they'll start paying a little more money for better equipment. But it's actually a a pretty affordable sport compared to other equine sports because in every equine sport, the horse is usually the biggest um, purchase you make. And because pull across lets all horses of different kinds, you don't have to have a $10,000 horse. Yeah. And what about horse maintenance? Is that hard? And is that also costly? Like, is that something you spend a lot of time on outside of practice? Well, yeah, just like for any other horse sport, there's not really anything different for pull across. Um, You just, it's feeding and mostly you have to keep their fitness up too. Yeah. But I guess food is a bit more costly it's probably your biggest expense besides buying a horse but usually people who play pole cross will also play like do other stuff on their horse as well like jumping and stuff so then it kind of evens out because then they get to do something else as well yeah and do you only do pole cross then um i do pole cross and i also do lots of trail riding i go camping with my horse i do cross-country dressage and show jumping not um competitively but I do it just outside of my time because it's good fitness for my horse too because anything you do on your horse is good for oh, definitely and so do you have any like long-term goals with polo cross um my biggest goal is that I want to go to Australia for six months and play and then I really would like to go to South Africa and maybe play a little bit there as well interesting and would you call polo cross like an easy sport to pick up and a hard sport to master or like vice versa where it's like a really difficult sport to pick up but then it's kind of like more easier to see growth as you move on well i'd say that it depends if you already ride horses or if you don't ride horses because if you don't ride horses and you decide you want to play pole cross, well, you have to take riding lessons on top of it all outside of pole cross. You have to learn how to ride a horse first before you can truly get into the game. So I'd say the start is a little bit more harder because you have to put in the extra effort to understand how to ride a horse. Whereas if you already ride a horse, it's you have to have that dexterity to be able to use a racket and stuff like that and usually you can get experience like that from playing other sports which kind of helped me is because I played other sports I learned like hand-eye coordination and stuff like that oh yeah for sure and how does your equipment look like like what's all the gear that you you would usually find in polo cross so on your horse your horse wears a saddle pad and a saddle and then they wear polo wraps which go around their legs and protect their legs from getting hit from anything and then they wear boots too which go around their hooves and then you can also put a mask on them some people don't I do I put one over my horse's eyes to protect their eyes 
um, and you have a chest plate which goes around their chest and connects to the saddle, which stops the saddle from sliding. And for you, like the person, you're wearing a white helmet and you have your racket and you can wear knee pads to mm-hmm. protect yourself from that. And your horses also have to have their tail braided so that it doesn't get stuck in anyone's racket. And their manes are also roached, which, which means they're cut off so that your hands don't get stuck in their mane or other people's rackets don't get stuck in their mane. What position do you play again? Um, I currently, I mostly play the first position. And what we'll scores go- the goals? Scores the goals. So, do you have like any like epic moments or cool stories that you'd like to share? Um, one time, this was I actually wasn't playing the one at this point, but I think I was playing the number three, and there was only like ten seconds left on the clock, and I was way down the field. And my one was already in the end zone. So I looked at her and I heard in the crowd one of my friends yell, Elise, throw the ball. The time's only 10 seconds left. So I just whipped it. And it's like the farthest I've ever thrown the ball. And it landed in her racket. She threw the goal and we scored a goal in the last 10 seconds. No way. Did you win? Uh, I think we, I think that was a, I think we won the Chucka. I'm not sure if we won the game. I can't remember. But oh, I see. I, I see. That's cool, though. That sounds really intense. Yeah. And what's, like, the most competitive or, like, highest level game you've ever played? Um, I've played AB split, so they didn't have enough players for just A grade, so then they split it and put A grade players and B grade players, and then I was playing the number one position, and my coach who plays a grade was playing the number three position. So I had to go against her and she's like one of the best players in Canada. And that was very, that was very high level. <laughs> oh yeah. So are you B level or B grade? Um, I think that I'm next year. I'm going to play a grade oh, this year. is this year is kind of a different sort of situation because of COVID-19. Not as many people are playing. Oh yeah. So now we just, we have to have an, a grade b grade split um division how do they just like put you in a grade or are you able to advance on your own by like i don't know completing tests so you you get to choose which grade you play in but if you're playing a grade and you ask to play like c grade they're not going to let you play it because that's cheating um, if you want to play a grade lower, then you have to play the number two position. You can't switch positions. Um, but usually, like for me, when I was a little kid, I started playing D grade. And then over the years, I moved up to C grade, B grade, and so forth. But usually, you'll start at the very beginning, you'll start playing D grade, and then you'll move up and get better. And when this whole COVID thing started, were you able to ride your horses or? Well, my horses are at my house, so yes, I could ride my horse. Um, Some people's horses were at barns and stuff, so, and those barns closed down, so they weren't allowed to ride their horses, but for me, I got pretty lucky. Yeah. So I'm just about to wrap up here. I'm going to ask you one final fun question. Do you have a favorite horse movie? (laughs) 
Uh, yes, Spirit, for sure. Oh, I love Spirit. I know which movie you're talking about. <laughs> I used to watch it once or twice as a child, but I definitely know what movie you're talking about. Yeah. I always, I just remember that um, Spirit talked and the whole movie, the first time I watched it, I was waiting for the other horses to talk, but then they did it. But I still liked it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. Well, thanks for sharing your time with me and coming on thanks this for call me. with me. I greatly appreciate you having here. Thank you. Bye. All right, bye. Have a nice day. You too. I've been your host, David Sampson, and this has been the Sampson Saturday Talk Show. Thank you for watching, and until next week, goodbye.